Life's for Living. I see no need to disguise what I am or somehow surprise you with a clever rhyme. Allow me to shake your hand before I enter your mind. I'm the amalgamation of pain and fatigue culminating in your brain. I'm a disease. <laughs> you never heard of me. You'll listen when I attack your spinal cord and weaken your immune system. Excruciating pain, suffering that's atrocious. For the multitude, I'm multiple sclerosis. Vision loss so frustrating you pull hair. Cramps specifically designed for the vile clear. I'm bicentennial. I'm possessive. I'm a millennial disease. I'm a progressive. I'm enamored with the relationship. I'm obsessive to the point that I hold on to your joints and won't let go. Usually move in slow motion to death do us part. Now that's devotion. You better be dedicated to sedatives and medication. I meditate, educate you on levitation. I move alone. I work clean. Gang up on your blood and trip you. I'm MS-13. I'm coming for all races and all rhymers. I'm jealous of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Trying to take my spotlight like diabetes. I'ma make sure these other diseases can't see me. I write like it's never the wrong time to write wrongs. For me to push forward the whole night long. So even when I black out, leave the lights on. Fight song. Fight song. I'm living life like my eyes might never see the next dawn. So I'ma push forward the whole night long. So even when I black out, leave the lights on. Fight song. Fight song. My spine tingling, visions off and my fingers numb. He looking for a vicious fight, I'ma bring him one. My killer tape's gonna play loud until Dilla wakes. If you want a song that illustrates, I'ma sing him one. A little tune call, I'ma fight to the final nap. Excruciating his new creations, a spinal tap. This kind of rap shows I refuse to be taken out. Lost in the woods, I find a map and I make it out. I'm magnetic, it resonates in my imagery. I won't be drained, I know he came from my energy. Ignore the pain, I won't be slain by my enemy. My eyes closed, I'm having talks with the inner me. I'm unafraid of any challenge you wanna lay. In my path, I'm gonna laugh as you run away. If I continue to fight hard, I will never lose. The fateful day when I was hoping for better news. But God bless me with flip flops to walk in this hip hop. So I can't be praying for leather shoes. You might slow me a little bit, but you won't stop me. You might stand in my pathway, but you won't block me. Way back when you didn't know me, I wrote sloppy. I tend to Right with the inner fight of a broke Rocky. That's the reason I'm focused more when I'm in the gym. Cause every day is a new chance to go win again. I write like it's never the wrong time to write wrongs. For me to push forward the whole night long. So even when I black out, leave the lights on. Fight song. Fight song. I'm living life like my eyes might never see the next dawn. So I'ma push forward the whole night long. So even when I black out, leave the lights on. Fight song. And the Birchwood Podcast is brought to you by the Splutcast and by the Boys Club.
Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splood, and I am the host of the Spludcast. But, you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called the Spludcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass crack of Dosecchi's. Fire up your favorite sativa and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true, star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll soup. You are listening to the Birchwood podcast with Shane Ogden. The voice you are hearing right now is of mine, Trevor Muxworthy, the host of whatever trevor every wednesday i release an episode that is a hundred percent canadian content are you from canada do you like canadians do you like music do you like comedians if you answered yes to one of those you might like my podcast it's called whatever trevor and you can get it now <laughs> Real funny, yeah, that's a, keep laughing. Uh, this is my new commercial for Birchwood Podcast, a podcast that is recorded in a trailer. And it's about my life. I'm Shane Ogden, and I'm a father, husband, electrician, comedian, and show producer at Chuckles Comedy Club. Every Friday, listen to Birchwood Podcast. Thank you. Julie Tower, and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. Happy Friday, Friday, June 21st. It is the Birchwood Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Ogden. It is a great Friday. It is a rainy Friday in No Funswick. I hope you have your umbrellas. I hope you're walking between the raindrops. I hope you know that the sunshine is behind those clouds and that uh, we're all going to be happy and fucking smiley in the next couple of days. Don't know why I swore. No reason to swear. I swear I didn't know. I was going to swear. 
But there you go. A big F word to start the show. Happy Friday. I hope you're doing well. What are you doing? Oh, yeah? Still the same situation, huh? Uh, I'm sure everything will be okay. Except for humanity. The, the apocalypse is impending, you know that. But otherwise, uh, you know, you'll probably have time to get a coffee before the meteorite hits the earth or uh, we run out of drinking water. So think about that. Uh, happy happy weekend while you think about this. How's your apocalypse going? I hope it's going well. Buy a mug. Yeah, send me some money. Keep this podcast going. It's Shane Ogden. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my listeners in Sugarland, Texas. Got a message from my friend um, Christy, who uh, lives in Sugarland with her husband and her two daughters, Victoria and Alex. And they had uh, graduation pictures. I think it was Alex, uh, the youngest daughter. Um, wow, I knew them when they were toddlers, and now they're all grown up. And it freaks me out when I see people that used to be babies and they can drive and vote. And they're adults. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more like a grandpa. <laughs> Pass me my false teeth. Give me some soup. Change my diaper. I just soiled myself. Did you just say soiled yourself? Yes, because I'm from the turn of the century. I'm gray balls. I'm old as dirt. And for some reason, I still choose to breathe. Happy Friday. Um, yeah, I did a show. Can I say that? I did a show, Comedy for the Pause, last week. I hosted. I didn't want to do it. I don't even want to do stand-up anymore. I feel all this pressure. I rose to the occasion once again, but it was a Tears of the Clown situation. I did not want to be there. I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know why I feel like it's a failed dream or something. And doing it is just torment. That it's never going to happen. And I'm still killing it. I got a new joke about Facebook comments that made people laugh a lot. And that's great. But I I just... To do it the way I want to do it, I want to do it full time. And I I can't... Uh, Speaking of which, I'm uh, working again. For how long, I don't know. Hey, let's be optimistic. Let's say I'm working till I retire. (laughs) Right? You gotta be optimistic. Yeah, uh, I took a little side job. It took me three days and paid a lot less money and was not electrical. And if you want to know what it was, I was on my hands and knees in Uptown, St. John, New Brunswick. (laughs) That sounded really bad. I should just leave it there. It'd be way more interesting than what I was actually doing. Um, I was on my knees in front of a church and I wasn't praying. I was pulling the weeds out. And it looks a lot better now, thanks to me. And uh, I didn't actually mind it. I listened to some of my favorite podcasts, including Boys Club and Whatever Trevor. And actually, I did listen to Whatever Trevor featuring Seab Dread, who's a local rapper in New Brunswick, and I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed hearing uh, Seab. I had listened to his music. I support 
him. I listen to, I, I, you know, occasionally will send him a very small amount of money in exchange for some downloads. I even bump uh, one of his tunes for my transition music. Another banger coming your way. I can't remember what it's called, but it'll it'll come to me, Seeb. My apologies, my friend. We're all getting older. But uh, I enjoy his uh, his rhyming and his beats. Very good stuff. And if you're listening um, to podcasts, check out Whatever Trevor because it's all Canadian music and interviews with very interesting people. And sometimes musicians and sometimes comedians and sometimes uh, his baby son Kendrick will be on the show too. Also, shout out to my man Mark Splood doing the Splood cast. Love that show, man. I love his monologuing. He's so good at it, and that's what inspired me to do what I'm doing. You know, you know. I'm of course the big ones. You know, the the big stars, the the Bill Burrs and the Joe Rogans. But um, Splood has uh, uh, the best. I don't. I I can't understand how he brings all those characters in his life to light. It is so awesome. Like the interviews are fine, and if I'm interested in the guest, great. But my favorite part of the show is when he's talking about his four wheeler, which he nicknamed Bojack, and he he calls uh, Jamie his wife, uh, wifey, and uh, lo- you know clearly loves his son, as I do my son. We have a lot of stuff in common you know we're both in our early 40s uh i'll get i'll get back to all that but um yeah so listen to the Splutcast. it's really good listen to whatever trevor listen to boys club those are all great podcasts and i do everything i can to promote them some of my favorites so i'm on my hands and knees in front of a church i'm not praying i'm taking out weeds i got a big flat screwdriver and i'm digging the dirt man i'm digging the dirt underneath the stones of this church and, and I'm getting all I'm pulling all these weeds out and, and uh, dirt is kind of flying all over the sidewalk and I'm I got a bucket and and, I, and I'm, I'm wearing knee pads and uh, I'm making far less money than a licensed electrician should but it's a sunny day and uh, all of a sudden I hear this rumbling and I and I take whatever Trevor out of my ear and I turn around, and there's about 15 motorcycles, and uh, the guys all have matching leather jackets. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say I poop my pants, because that would be embarrassing. So I'll leave that part of the story out. But I did get a little nervous when I saw all these bikers, and uh, they just got off the bike, and you know, and when they took off their helmet, they became normal-looking guys, you know? But uh, shout-out to... The Masons from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, motorcycle club. I was like, whoa, these guys are not fucking around. And uh, the guy just looks at me, takes off his helmet. He goes, yeah, if any cops try to give us a ticket, punch him in the mouth for me. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I'm not as uh, tough as you, sir. I uh, Should I step on their toe first? I'm really not used to brawling. And he laughed his head off. So I finished that job. It took three days. And it was sunny. It was nice. I was getting into my car. I was all done. And I was kind of looking forward to a day off. But wouldn't you know it, my old friends at Electrical 
uh, called me back and said, hey, you're working tomorrow. Meet me by the recycling bins at 745. Now I'm installing receptacles and cubicles for the office people because they need a place to plug in their computers. Boop, beep, boop. So that's what I'm doing. But once that job's done, I don't know. Is there going to be another job? I'm a little gun shy after my involuntary 10-day vacation. I just wish I could be my own boss. Maybe someday I will be in my dream of dreams. Sprinkle some fairy dust on me, Peter Pan. One day I'll be a real boy. Wait, am I confusing Pinocchio and Peter Pan all in one? I don't know. <laughs> ah! So that's what, uh, yeah, um, has been going on with me. Also, I turned 43. My birthday was June 16th. That's Father's Day. And uh, I got one of them situations. It's not as bad as the people that have Christmas and their birthdays on the same day. I have just Father's Day. So it's no big deal. They just throw, a, you know, like a, a pair of socks or a, a stupid tie or, or, or in this case, an electric can opener on top of my birthday cake. Not literally. But I, I <laughs> see, I like those cheesy dad gifts. Are there any dads out there getting any cheesy dad gifts? I like it. And I, and I did struggle with our shitty can opener. And I'm sure all my can opening from now on will be amazing. So Lishi and Ella made me a cake. It's delicious. It's chocolate. White frosting with sprinkles. I think the sprinkles were Ella's idea. My nine-year-old daughter has a vivid imagination and, and very colorful life. She loves to decorate. And Lee, she made the moistest chocolate cake ever. And I believe that's the first time in my life I've said moistest. Big cold glass of milk. And it was delicious. So, and, and the, the, my daughter made me a homemade card. It was everything, everything I wanted. And, and and Alicia's mother came over, who we called Aunt Nanny Shelley. It was great. They sang happy birthday to me. It was uh it was nice. But the biggest birthday present of all is that my son Casey has returned home from his mother's and the uh the dad strike is over for now. Um I love my son. And I know that we butt heads um, because I'm stubborn and I have an anger problem. I don't like to say that out loud. You know, I don't, I feel very vulnerable. I feel like, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm abusive in some way. I've never raised my hand. I, I grabbed him pretty hard when he was a kid because I wanted him to listen to me and I grabbed him by both arms and scared him and then I hugged him very fast and said I was sorry. And then he grew up. And three of those years, uh, I was not really in his life. You know, I was gone for six months and I'd come back for a month and I was gone for two weeks and 
back for a week and then gone for a year and back for six months. And, you know, if you added it all up, I probably missed about three years of his life chasing comedy, trying to be a comedian. And I was, I was a comedian, but I wasn't the best dad to my son, Casey. But I really wanted to make it up. So I've been trying. But when he doesn't do what I want him to do, you know, I tend to bitch him out, you know. I mean, there have been occasions where I've yelled at him. It's not an everyday thing and it's not something I'm proud of. But also he's a teenager and he's manipulative and he'll he'll bend the he'll bend the narrative to get his way. He'll avoid doing things and So we we have screamed at each other, you know. And I I'm being very open about this cuz I know I grew up in a family that was uh, you know, my my stepdad was pretty heavy-handed. And I fear that that's maybe where I get some of that attitude from, is trying to control the people that you love. Because you don't want any harm to come to them, and you think that for some reason you know better. So you try to, you know, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Because I, because I know the answer, because I, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. I don't want you to get hurt. But you can squeeze too tight. And I know that he needs me and I need him. He's uh, almost a full-grown man, you know, 17, but still in many ways a child. So what do we do as fathers, you know? I, I know Father's Day just passed. How do we... Um, how do we become the examples that they need? Am I too late? You know, I, I love my firstborn son. What can I do? How can I be better? And I'm seeing a counselor and and I th- I thank him sincerely for uh, for trying with me because he can be difficult but so can I I can be difficult and sometimes I look in the mirror and I hate myself I hate what I see and I want to change it and now I should cue some cheesy Michael Jackson music right (laughs) oh wait you can't mix Michael Jackson with kids anymore yeah I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change That was pretty fucking heavy, wasn't it? That's probably unnecessary, but um, I wanted to get that off my chest, man. I'm so glad he's home. And 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 I said to him, you know, I, I don't ever want this to happen again. What can we do? And you know, I promise that I'm not going to yell, but you know, you got to meet me halfway, and uh, he has. I'm happy to say that so far, so good. He's uh, volunteering to help out with chores, and he's polite and uh and I'm holding up my end of the bargain so far by not getting too angry and if I am angry I hold it in and walk away 
So that's just so far. I'll let you know how that goes. And in the meantime, uh, <laughs> Casey actually mowed the lawn today before it started to rain. And uh, the lawnmower worked at first. Anyway, I, I told you about this last week. The lawnmower would work for a little bit. And then it would just chug out after about 45 minutes. And so today I took a turkey baster. I took all the gas out of the uh, lawnmower. Then I um, put some fuel additive into the gasoline jug. And they have a little chart there. It's like 100 milliliters for every 50 liters or something like that. So I put the correct amount in and I shook up the gas jug and then I put it back in the lawnmower, started it up and I, I just tested it out for a few minutes, worked fine. And then when Casey mowed, uh, he said it was sputtering again. So I, I don't know if it's just working its way through the carburetor or what's going on. I, I had no business saying carburetor, but I've heard that that's, what's get, that's what gets gunked up when you have dirty fuel. I've heard mechanics tell me that. So I repeated it, but I felt very uncomfortable saying it. You ever do that? You ever bullshit your way through something? Halfway through, you're like, nope, pull the chute. Pull the reserve chute. I, I should be embarrassed. This is not my area of expertise. <laughs> and I, I can't tell those uh, little white lies. I can't do it. So the, the maybe the lawnmower works. Maybe it doesn't. I, I don't know. Uh, you heard me off the top. That's my new uh, thing that I say now. Life's for living. And I, and I cracked a beer. And I tell you what kind of beer, but they don't pay me a dime, so I'm not going to say it. So if you're looking to sponsor the show, let me know. And we'll work a deal out. But yeah, I, I did uh, crack a beer. I, I've been starting to do that now when I do my little recording. Have a little treat before bed, reflecting on my life, on the day, and uh, yeah, so you heard, um, what's that song, I love it, oh did you, wait, before I tell you the song, did you see my uh, picture on Birchwood Podcast Facebook page of my ham dinner? <laughs> one day I was working uh, late and Lee, she cooked me a ham dinner. She was very concerned that I wouldn't eat it. I said, I'll eat it. I'll eat it for lunch. It's like, you can't take that for lunch. So I threw the whole plate in my lunch kit and uh, I heated it up at a gas station, man. You should have seen the weird looks those people were giving me. I went in there and <laughs> I put that ham dinner right in the microwave. They're like making eye contact with me, like kind of shaking their head, kind of rolling their eyes. And I even took the little mustards that they use for their gas station hot dogs and I put that all over my ham. And I walked out without buying anything. <laughs> and I eat a, I ate a ham dinner in the gas station parking lot. So you can see a picture of that on the Birchwood Podcast Facebook page. Also, buy a mug. Buy a Birchwood Podcast mug. Show me that you are a supporter, and uh, thank you to everyone that listens to the show. You can email me at birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Please send me a message. Tell me where you're listening from. Hello to Christy and, and uh, Alex, Victoria, and I'm sorry. I don't know uh, 
Christie's husband's name, so I'm going to call him Mr. Christie. You make good cookies. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so hello uh, to my friends in Sugarland, Texas. Tell me where you're listening from. I would be very interested to know. Or give me a story. Tell me about your life. Tell me about your lawnmower. Oh, off the top, you heard the song Fight Song by Mast Ace. And it's from his album, A Brooklyn Story. And it just, man, it just fired me up when I heard that. Because for everything that I've been through, I'm just not quitting. So I don't know what that means, you know. I just know that I'm still standing and I still have this creative energy. And I still want to do things. And at the same time, I want to quit things. But I'm just, I'm, I'm going through something and I'm not sure what it is. And it's it's not depression. It's not my bipolar shit. It's not. You know, I'm I'm really going through some kind of change, and maybe that's maybe that's what they call a midlife crisis. I'm not sure. Forty three years old, you know, seven more years till I'm fifty. That's how I think of it. I, I wish I could think of it like, man, I'm only forty three. There's so much ahead of me, you know. But I really do try to be present, and I try to focus on the positive. I'm working right now. I've got a, a great weekend lined up. There's a big star coming to Chuckles. Hopefully I'll get an interview with him. And life is good. Hey man, this uh, episode of the podcast is... Uh, Really a great one, you know. I got to sit down with uh, two of my best friends and just talk about the comedy club, the comedy connection. You know, uh, they met each other at one of my comedy shows. And um, I've really enjoyed their company over the years. And they have always been in my corner supporting me. And this has been the most difficult time, if I'm honest. It's... uh. It's rough, man. It's rough because I I don't even want to do the comedy club anymore. It's not even in my heart at all, at all, at all. And um, it's just taken up way too much of my time. I I would rather podcast and do comedy and, uh, you know, and then there's the obligation stuff I don't want to do, like electrical. And ripping roots out of the out of the bottom of churches. I, you know, there's things that we have to do that we don't want to do. And man, when I was doing that little job where I was weeding at the church, you know, the sun was shining on my face. I was listening to podcasts and I felt good. And today I, I felt okay too, but You know, there's just something about choosing my own time, you know? Like, I could start that job at 10 o'clock if I wanted to, you know? One day I showed up at 9, next day I showed up at 10, just whenever, man. If I had something to do first, you know, I'd take an hour off in the middle. There was so much freedom. So much freedom and the sunshine on my face. I loved it. And I don't get that at a job, 
when a guy tells you to show up by a recycling bin at 7:45 and that's not to say I'm not grateful I am because it is a great wage <laughs> when it's not you know 10 days off in the middle of catching up on bills it's it's a good wage I hope that I can continuously work I'm trying to cut my brakes in half and work harder and faster and you know not make any mistakes and I'm really like, uh, man, I got to take a breath before I go do my electrical work, you know? Being a, like, a licensed electrician is a real trade. It's a real thing. And it's not, you know, something you can really fuck up. You could kill somebody. You could you could die yourself. You could start a fire, you know? And, and there's some shit that is just repetitive, and, and that's good. It's a welcome break from thinking. It's not that I'm not smart, man. I'm actually deceptively intelligent. If I could explain to you or articulate how intelligent I am, it would... Well, I freaked myself out in school, you know? Like, I was a C student, but when I went to trade school and college, I got on the dean's list for math, you know? I got high honors and stuff. It was, well, I don't know if it was Dean's List, but it was something about, I don't know. I think it was about 86%, which was like, for me, crazy. Like, I know some people are like, oh, pff, that's only a B, but, or a B plus or whatever. <laughs> whatever they say now in school. You did developmentally adequate. I don't understand what report cards are saying about my children. Um... But I do know that I did well in college because I knew what the math was for. I was determined to have a better life for my family. That hasn't really materialized yet. I'm sure that it is better if I had to go back. At one point, I was living in my truck. At another point, I was living in my mother-in-law's basement. and Now I'm paying for my own three-bedroom trailer. So I, I guess we've come a little bit further in life, closer to being an adult, but there's something, some stigma about home ownership, you know? I don't know what that is. It's a sense of accomplishment, isn't it? But let's examine that for a moment. I mean, is it really an accomplishment? You're paying less rent, so that's more intelligent. Because a mortgage is really just rent, except your landlord is the bank. And after 30 years and you're an actual homeowner, I guess that's an accomplishment. But by then your house is, well, probably needing some pretty hefty upgrades. Good luck on the upgrades with that retirement pension. You really do need a golden horseshoe up your ass to make it, I think. Like to make it, make it, like to be better than the next guy. I, I don't know how you do it. And I'm not willing to do the things that I've seen done for people to get it. And some people do get it and genuinely get it fair. I would be very shocked if those were large numbers. And maybe I'm just a pessimistic asshole, but you know... I don't know, man. 
So I rent. I rent. I'm 43 and I still rent. So embarrassed. Pathetic. But I'm a licensed electrician. Funniest person in New Brunswick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not saying much. I'm the funniest person in New Brunswick till somebody else comes to town. <laughs> then I'm, you know, third, fourth, fifth. It's not really a title. Never was. But it looked good in the newspaper that one time. Done some cool shit, you know. I think I'm a cool person. Ugh. I don't know what else to say. I don't know why I got going on that home ownership thing and just... Something I've always wanted, you know. But I'm not even sure why. I think too much, right? Gotta get out of my own head. That's what it is. You ever get there? Where you're looking in the mirror and you don't even recognize the person anymore? You're just like, holy shit, I've, I'm seeing through my third eye or something. And I'm not even I'm not even aware of what I'm saying anymore. Or, or, or that doesn't look like my face. I, I believe psychologists call it uh, oh God, dissociating. Yeah, you ever dissociate? Like you're looking at your hand and it doesn't it doesn't register as your hand. It's pretty fucked up. And I'm talking being completely bone dry sober. Just all of a sudden you're in your own head and you don't know how to get out. That's where I was just now. While I was monologuing for this beautiful uh, day on June 21st, this is my podcast, Birchwood. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all my listeners. Buy a mug. Buy a goddamn mug, would you? I really, really don't want to be on my hands and knees in front of a church again. Don't make me. Um, yeah, so this is it. This is the, this is the episode. Right? Yeah, that Master Ace song, man. I'm still here, you know. I'm proud. I'm proud to still be standing on my feet. Oh, my God. I went to the chiropractor. Whoo, man. That's an experience. That is an experience. Scared me. Scared me. I thought I'd like it. Didn't like it. <laughs> There was relief afterwards. Yes, there was relief afterwards. Some of that relief was she's not going to crack me again. I wanted to be cracked, but then when she did it, oh my God, you are so vulnerable. And I was thinking in my head, she could just snap my neck right now. Like the the, the bad one, the, the, the one that puts you in a wheelchair or kills you. I was like, oh my God, I was having all these dark thoughts while well, she was like, now I'm just going to put a lot of pressure here. Breathe in, breathe out. And then it's like, <laughs> all the oxygen popping out of your cartilage. In, your, in between your bones, there's cartilage. And, and, and in between those things is little pockets of gas that 
come out and make a cracking sound. That's what's happening when you're cracking your fingers. She did that to my neck. But she made it very clear that it wasn't my neck. It was the top of my spine. But it sounded like my neck to me. But it felt good when I walked out of there. And I'm nervous about going back. Yeah. Oh, man. So this weekend, Dave Merhage is coming. He's got a Netflix special. And it's called uh, Beautifully Manic. And you can find it on Comedians of the World under Canada English on Netflix. That's how you find it. He's also on the final season of Jerry D. Uh, Mr. D, the show is called. Very successful comedian this year. Won uh, Juno for Comedy Album of the Year. And I'm hoping to record a podcast with him. There's no guarantee he'll say yes. Also, coming up, future episodes, he fang, he fangs out. If nothing else, I'm going to get this guy in the podcast so I can learn how to say his name properly. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him this weekend. So uh, hopefully I'll have uh, some good interviews coming up. Speaking of good interviews, this is a fun interview for me. I apologize. We were at Swiss Chalet. Uh, we were in a situation where we're trying to get this recording done, but, um, Julie ran out of time, uh, because she's very busy making chuckles work while I'm dilly dallying and frolicking doing my, uh, creative endeavors. Uh, she is busy on the phone, making ticket sales happen, making sure the comedians are comfortable in their hotels, making sure their flights are paid for all of the things that Julie Tower does to make Chuckles Comedy Club work. <sighs> because it didn't work when I was doing it, when it was called Shane Ogden Presents, when it was called Vegas Comedy Club, and now that it's called Chuckles Comedy Club. Uh, before Julie came along, it didn't work. It was me running around like crazy, and I was having mental breakdowns and screaming at customers. I don't even know. I guess the comedy is just so goddamn good. That's why people came back. And that's why they keep coming to Chuckles, because it is the best comedy club in Atlantic Canada. And uh, I've heard a lot of people say you can compare to uh, some of the more famous uh, American clubs. Um, you know, you certainly don't have uh, Chris Rock swinging through or anything like that. Um, but we do get very notable performers, top level comedians, and uh, we pay top dollar for them. And it's very expensive, and that's why we have partnerships, sponsors. That's why we uh, hustle. We have many people. Uh, it's a family affair. We're all a team. We actually have a team of people that uh, make St. John's First Comedy Club work. And Julie is the backbone of Chuckles, especially how I've been feeling lately, man. It's... uh. I have checked out <laughs> because uh, I've been doing this 10 years. I've been putting on sh comedy shows for 10 years. It started because I wanted to open up for these comedians so that I would have some stage time. I did that. I've done that. I've beat that to death. And now I just want to do my own shows. So it's a crossroads. It's a very strange time for me. And it was a strange time to have this interview. There's this distance between Julie and I that it has never been there before. I don't know what that is. I still consider her one of my very best friends. But we are not on the same page lately. Um, 
So, having said that, I will say this. When I decided to ask Mark Splude to step down, um, him and I had a little bit of a falling out. You know, he was booking a lot of local comedians. But it was the same comedians over and over again. You know, nobody was reaching out to him. I was new at, at the booking process as well. And it was just unorganized chaos. And most times, in Mark's defense, it was a good show and everything worked out well. But I thought Julie would be better for the position. I just didn't do it very well. I didn't have a lot of tact. And um, I just said, you're out, Julie's in. And uh, Mark was like, fuck you. And um, rightfully so. But, you know, there was a, another little incident there where he exacted a little bit of revenge and we had a little bit of a falling out. And and uh, that's ancient history. So Julie coming along, saving chuckles. Um the only stain on that is that, you know, one of my really good friends, Mark Splood, and I had a little bit of a little bit of a time there for a bit. But we're solid now. We're uh we done a lot of shows together. We're doing the best in New Brunswick comedy tour together. That show, uh, September twentieth, man, that is looking great. It's in a great venue. And uh, I'm really looking forward to spending more time with my buddy, Mark Splude. Anyway, on his departure, Julie comes in. She takes over booking. And she's built for it, man. She's an amazing talent booker. And business person. And I just said to her, Chuckles is 50% yours. What do, If you want to do this, let's do it. She said, yes, let's do it. So her, her husband, Dale, my best friend growing up, and uh, Wendy McDonald, the door girl, Lishi, my sweet Lishi, she does all the social media. Man, we got a team. We got a team together. It's great. And it's how we put together this comedy club. Side note, before I get back into the interview part, um, if you're a comedian and you want to be booked at Chuckles Comedy Club in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, you must email Julie Tower at jtowercomedy at gmail.com. You can find it on the website, chucklescomedyclub.ca. It's jtowercomedy at gmail.com. That is the only way to get booked at Chuckles. And I want to say a couple things to the comedians out there. If you're looking to get booked, don't message us every day. That's just fucking annoying. And we're just going to, it's just going to be one more reason to just go, nope, we'll choose somebody else. Because the cold hard truth is there are a billion talented people out there. And we get messages now from agents that represent a lot of high profile comedians and they want in the door because we pay well. We pay well because we want the highest talent to attract the people so that when you do get the privilege of performing at Chuckles Comedy Club, there are people there to watch you and you will get money. Right? And that's not a... It's just business, as my best friend Dale Tower says. It's not personal. It's just business. 
So don't email us every day. Don't put passive aggressive things on social media about not being booked. Just be kind. Be kind. Send us a funny video. Send us a reminder every 30 days. Be professional. I wish every comedian could be a booker. You know, you got to realize if we have X amount of dollars in our pocket and you want that money, right? We are your employer. So why are you being passive aggressive with us? Why are you talking shit behind our back? Why are you being children? You're too good for our club? Move along. All good. No problem. And I wish I didn't turn this way. You know, I used to, I used to be a comedian. I still am sometimes. And I see both sides of it. So when I show up to a gig and there aren't many people in the crowd and the guy still hands me a few hundred dollars or whatever the number is, I know what that person's going through. I still take the money. And a deal is a deal. And if we make an agreement, we're going to honor that agreement. If we tell you it's going to be X amount of dollars and we're going to give you a hotel or we're not going to give you a hotel, but we're going to give you gas money, whatever the deal is, we have never gone back on our word. Not even when the crowd, there's nobody in the crowd. There was one time I had to cancel a show and I still paid somebody. And if you don't believe me, you can ask Brett Martin. So don't be a dick to me. Don't be a dick to Julie. Be professional and be funny and be patient. We literally only do one show a month in the summer, which is actually two shows because it's a Friday and a Saturday. And then in the fall, we might do four to six shows. In December, we have our most shows, like eight shows or something. So it's spread out. So be patient. And that's what I want to say to the comedians about getting booked. It's been a great lesson for me. And uh, when I approach uh, some comedy clubs, you know, I'm definitely more friendly. Because if you if you want bookings, man, you really got to stand out. It's a very um, skilled profession, and there's a lot of people doing it. So you've got a lot of competition. So anything to increase your odds of getting booked, you should do it. You know, but don't don't suck up. You know, just be professional. Don't suck up. Don't be a dick. If uh, you're too good for us, we respect that. And some comedians literally are too good for clubs. I get that. No judgments. And if you fucked up in the past and were rude to us or whatever, and you you start being polite to us, yeah, that, that goes a long way. We, we see that. And we see that with comics that bomb and get better. We don't shut people out for life. We're not children. We're adults. I'm sorry to talk that way, but I really have seen the ugly side of comedians. And that does exist. Uh, But there's a lot of great comedians out there. And that's what Julie and I like to focus on. And this is a very special episode. My best friends, Dale Tower and Julie Tower, the husband and wife team that make up Chuckles Comedy Club, uh, that make it work. And um, yeah, we talk a little bit about the business side of it. And we talk about how Dale and Julie met at one of my comedy shows and got married. And I was at their wedding and it was awesome. Um, I got to stand up and uh, tell a few jokes and uh, it was fun.
And uh, I'm really, really happy uh, that I got to sit down. Again, I apologize for some restaurant noise, uh, but it's, uh, nothing could be done. We were eating. We were busy. Um, next week on the podcast, John Scove Nielsen. So all you John Scove Nielsen fans, get ready to live. <laughs> but in the meantime, here's my conversation with uh, my best friend, and talent coordinator for Chuckles Comedy Club in St. John, New Brunswick, Julie Tower. We're starting over with Julie Tower. It's the name of the episode now. (laughs) So Julie and Dale are with me. Dale is looking at a dessert menu. He is licking his lips. Uh, That guy is always down for dessert. Would you describe your husband that way? Definitely. (laughs) What else is he down for? Let's make this podcast disgusting. No, I'm done. Whips and chains? I don't know. <laughs> well, I've always joked for years that he's got a hidden sex dungeon somewhere. Anything's possible. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but... Uh, you know. I know a lot of podcasters, uh, sorry, comedians, what's the difference these days, are going to be listening to this, and they're going to wonder how do they get booked at Chuckles Comedy Club. So you are the booker at Chuckles Comedy Club yes. in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. So if there's a comedian listening out there, this is an important uh, announcement because I know uh, you'll want to know how to get booked and how do comedians get booked at Chuckles? Um, A lot of them message me um, on Messenger on Facebook, but at the same time they can email me at Julie Tower. Is it Julie Tower? I don't even know my own email. It's jtowercomedy at gmail.com. That's right. Hold on. So you're just getting your soup wrapped up. We That's had a little right. little uh, interruption there, but um, so jtowercomedy at gmail.com, or they can message you Julie Tower on Facebook. Exactly. Either okay. way, but that being said, that doesn't mean they're going to get booked. You don't book everyone that sends you an email. That. No, I do not. <laughs> I definitely mm-hmm. watch the clips, and if it's someone I think that has potential, headliner-wise. I definitely always uh, collaborate with you, obviously, about yep. it, and we watch the clips and decide when. But uh, we are booked really far in advance, so a lot of the times I get emails, uh, we're coming through in a month, Yeah. can we get in? And 90% of the time it's no. Sometimes I have a host spot available, and some headliners won't take a host spot. So, you know, a lot of the times it's no, sorry, we would like to work with you in the future maybe, but... Uh, yeah, and that's too bad because, I mean... We, we pay decently, uh-huh. and I think that a lot of headliners would have a great opportunity if they came, hosted or middled, and then uh, once we see how good somebody is, it right. mo- motivates us to, to get them a, big, a future booking, right? It makes right? a big difference, and locally, it's the same thing. I mean, I have my own list of people, uh, my go-to people, of course. You know? Now, you say locally, but we're talking St. John, Fredericton, oh, Moncton, and all the way to Maine, uh, to Nova Giles, Scotia, PI, Maine in yeah. the USA, like everywhere. Yeah, right? like, all across the East Coast. Definitely, so pretty much. Those like, are the know, local comedians, that's but they're what not I call too. The locals, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, I'm local. I'm yeah. legit. Lo- like my right. house isn't that far away, yeah. but it's still 45 minutes away. Right, but yeah. they're not just locally <laughs> to St. John, I guess. Right. Yes, now, right. have you guys ever been to the Birchwood Trailer Park? I have. Oh, it's, I had to pick you up once in the winter. Remember? I, I, it, it, now it's a famous place now because of this podcast, the Birchwood Trailer Woo! Park. Yeah, it's, it's very Sorry. prestigious. I should put on that under where it says Birchwood Trailer Park, the sign coming in. I should put home of the Birchwood <laughs> podcast just to and then take a picture of it. Um, well, that's great. And so now comedians know how to get booked and it helps if you're kind. It helps if you're pleasant. It helps if you're patient, patient and <laughs> persistent. Yes. We don't mind persistence. 
Right. It doesn't matter how many emails you send, but really it's not effective past, yes. you know, one one email a month is fine. Yeah. Yeah, because we get hundreds of emails. We do. I get some of your overflow yep. because people are looking for the back door. Yep. There's no back door at Chuckles. <laughs> no. It's like the only way. I have the, access to that Ju- too. So Ju- the back Julie, door is still the same thing. <laughs> Ju- Julie's email is the tip of the funnel. So you can pour all of your requests into that funnel. Yeah. If it comes to me, I'll go, I don't know, I'll ask Julie. So if, if you want a, I don't know, I'll ask Julie, go ahead and, yeah. and try to get in the back door. My husband's favorite line is, it's not, what is it, Dale? It's not unfair, it's just business. It's not unfair, it's just business. That's true, yeah. So, you know, even your best five minutes might not be great enough for chuckles, and it's not anything... Personal. Personal, right. definitely, by any means. Work hard, you know, do well. We've had people that do really well, and then we've had people that, you know, bomb the next night, and it it's, doesn't mean they'll never be back, you know? They just need, really need to work on things, and, you know, because we are trying to be the most high-caliber comedy club in... Brunswick, I guess, or, or I, anywhere, really. I, I would even say that, like, I've heard Brian Giles say that our club is comparable to those oh, we're in, like, Bo- Brian Giles again? <laughs> yeah, Brian Giles gets mentioned so much does, in this podcast. Because we love him. Yeah, um, but he lives down in, uh, well, near Callis, Maine. I'm not sure the community. Do you know where he lives exactly? No. Down in Maine somewhere, in the United States of America. And um, he says that our comedy club, Chuckles, is very similar to the comedy clubs in big cities like Boston. Exactly. So we do bring powerhouse comedians, and um, and it's a it's a team effort, it's a collaboration because totally. it's not just Julie. Also, her husband Dale happens to be my best friend from childhood. Uh, we met because a kid showed up at the end of my driveway with a bicycle that was exactly like mine. And my bicycle was in the garage, and I was convinced he had stolen it. I was, I was so, I was like, "Who is that kid?" With my, I ran in my garage. I was like, "Wait, my bike is still there. How is he on my bike?" I didn't know that our dads could both shop at the same, same bike. Yeah, wow. from Canadian Tire. No, I had no idea. But anyway, my mother wouldn't let me drive on the road at that time. So Dale got to drive back to his, his uh, what do you call those, um, subdivision. And I wasn't allowed to go, so I was like, that, that kid is gone now, and i got to go find that kid. And I was like, Mom, please let me drive on the road. And, and Alan's like, not till you mow the lawn for three hours. Right. And, you know, my mom's like, oh, I don't want him driving on the road. And my stepfather, as mean as he was, said, oh, for Christ's sakes, Pat, let the boy let drive. On. Yeah, so I finally did get to drive down, and then, uh, of course, I found out he had a whole basement full of Legos. I'm like... What is this kid rich? Like this is amazing to me. And of course, he had all the fancy Legos with the the wheels that you could make cars with, and um, it was just a magical time, you know. And um, and although I kind of ignored Dale through part of junior high and high school, we went to different high schools, and I felt bad because I think what happened to me was in junior high I kind of fell into like some of the more popular boys, yeah, and I started hanging out with them. You were and, one of the cool kids. Yeah, and I kind of left Dale behind a little bit, but not fully. I always come back Bastard. to him, and I, yeah, and, but I was quick to say I was sorry, and, and I think we made out okay. And then, of course, when we hit the teenage years, what do you have in common? Anything with wheels or boobs, right? Yeah, so we were right. <laughs> we were fast friends again, and um, so anyway, and then Dale just was always uh, going. If I wanted to do a comedy show somewhere, he would be like, "I'll go with you." Yeah. So he would be 
uh, one of the only people willing to drive several hours to see the same show again and again, but there'd always be a different uh, other person on the of show. Of course, yeah. And then, of course, that led into Shane Ogden Presents and the Mike McDonald Show, and right. that's where you came in. Definitely. So tell me what that experience was like for you. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. No, okay. it was not horrible. Period. Just That's kidding. just the end of the set, end kidding. of the story. Uh, I was getting off work that night at eight o'clock, and I had just thrown my hair up. And, I, and most people don't know, but I work in a factory in St. John, so uh, greasy and dirty, and work boots and all that. So I got off work, and I changed my clothes, and I had a little more bath or whatever you want to call it in the washroom <laughs> at work. Put my hair up and came down to chuckles and. No. It wasn't the three, the three it was three miles. Shane Ogden presents, and uh, it was my friend's birthday. I'd never been to a comedy show, and she's like, "Oh, I got tickets to my Madonna." I was like thinking in my head, "Oh, I'm just getting off work. I really don't want to go, but it's her 40th birthday, and I love her." To what do you do? You got right. it. Right. So I was like, "I'm gonna go or whatever." So I was. I walked in like 10 minutes late, but it had not started yet. Thank oh, goodness. And you're only there out of obligation. Right. Everybody else is sitting down, and I walk in. And I sit and I see her and I wave to everybody at the other tables and Dale happened to be at one of the other tables because his family is also friends with my friend Sheila. So it worked out like there was like 20 some people there and Dale was with some of those 20 some people but I didn't know that. I mean I just wave at the table and that was that. So we watched the amazing Mike McDonald and he was fabulous and uh, you know whatever the show was great. There was lots of great people on the show that that uh, that night. Oh yeah, I forget. I think maybe even uh, some locals like um, uh, Jeff Hendry. Yep, definitely. He was on the he show, was wasn't he? On the show. I was on the show. I don't think Mark Splute had come along yet. Oh, was it? Um, Mark Sove was on the show, and Carrie and Carrie Lee was on the yep. show. That's yeah. yeah, that's who it was. It Do you was remember great. any others, Dale? By the way, my best friend Dale has a, an amazing uh, memory. I don't know what you call that, like a photographic memory? That's an amazing thing to have. I wish I had it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I, I, like, I remember a version of things, and I'll tell Dale about an old memory, and he'll be like, oh, you mean it was actually Saturday, and there was actually a truck, not a car. Right. Because I misremember things, exactly. but he's always quick to tell me. So yeah. you guys are, so you get into this place, that you're there, before your friend's 40th birthday out of obligation, and the next thing you know, uh, you're looking over at this guy, and his name is Dale, but you, you so who's telling you? Did, so what did, we did was yeah. after the show, I met you or whatever because you you guys were all talking. I was hosting I think we maybe. Met Mike and stuff like that or yeah. whatever. And then we went over to the pool hall side. Sheila wanted to have some drinks and they were, I don't know, playing pool and stuff like that. So her husband and I started playing pool together because we weren't drinking and they were all doing, I don't know what do you call it, Bamington? They had Bamington over there at the time or whatever. And uh, they were all doing shooters and stuff. And I said, Chris, let's go by pool. And so we're playing pool. And I, I seen this guy at the bar. And I was like, that guy keeps staring at me, that bald guy over there or whatever. And <laughs> anyway, and uh, Chris is like, oh, that's Dale. That's Danny's brother. And I'm like, really? I said, Lauren Danny? Like Lauren Danny? And he's like, yeah. And I happen to know Lauren Danny for like, well, as long as I've known Chris, which is Sheila's husband, you know, yeah. whatever. So probably seven or eight years, and uh, anyway, and never like, knew about never this Dale character. Scale. Didn't even know Danny had a brother. Like yes, nobody sir. said anything, and I was like, "What?" That's how proud Danny is Apparently, of his brother, right? Nobody, yeah. <laughs> he keeps it nice and quiet. Right. <laughs> he knows all the ladies would right. take off. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> take, take right at, off at with this them. point, it was like one a.m. Yeah. And he had been sitting there talking to some chick or whatever. No big deal. 
And uh, we went over, and Chris is like, well, let's go talk to her, whatever. You know, and I was single, and Dale was single, but we didn't know that at the time. So I went over, and we were just chit-chatting, and we started talking about dump trucks and the secret and just tractors and all kinds of different things and philosophy and believing in the universe and gratitude and all that stuff. We talked till the bar closed. Him so and I, several hours. Ever, yeah. Several hours. Yeah, and then when we left. Are you like having drinks or? No, like, I'm, no? I'm not a big drinker anyway. No, just but chatting. He was just, yeah, we were just chatting and uh, he was showing me pictures of his cars and stuff that he liked and different things like that. And, yeah. And uh, I was truly interested, like not just fake interested, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And then when we left, he uh, gave me a hug and asked me if he could pick me up sometime and take me for a ride in his car. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, Dale, you dirty dog. I don't dog. know if there was a wink-wink there or what. But I anyway, love it. I, I love said, it. sure, absolutely. And, See, there's uh, another thing I didn't remember about the story. Yeah. That's why I love podcasting right. because I, I love having a conversation with someone and actually listening to them. Yeah. You know, like, because that's one little detail I didn't know or didn't remember was that you asked her if she wanted to go for a ride right. in your cars. Hey, was that your uh, yellow um, Omega? Omega? Yeah. yeah. And I come to find out later, because we went on our first date, so Julie being Mrs. Forward, I uh, messaged Laura and gave him my, her my phone number, because I was friends with Laura on Facebook. Right. So I gave her my phone number to give to Dale, because I wasn't waiting around for this opportunity to just fly by. And Laura is such a gossip that she would just run oh, to yeah. Dale, she, right? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Well, she sent it to Danny, and Danny's like, oh my gosh, guess what? Danny called Dale at work on Monday, like, yes, you know, immediately, right? Did, did Danny tease you a bit, Dale, when when you get this phone number? No, he was uh, excited and happy. <laughs> yeah, he was he was excited for you. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But, the funny but now, did Danny know you? Danny knew me, yes. Okay, so that's maybe why he was excited, because he probably never even thought. Like, of us being a couple. Yeah. And I told everybody off that night, actually. You did? Yeah, I did later on. I said, how come you never told me that Danny had a brother? Oh, he was he... Single, but everybody was like, well, he was never single when you were single. That's you know awesome. what I mean? So it never yeah. worked out to that moment. Again, maybe the universe was in that right moment at the right time. And I do of think it. of you guys as like a power couple, not in terms of like the douchey power couple that no, has matching sweaters but I I really feel like when I think about married couples right and like as an example of how I'm trying to make my relationship I think about my sister Brenda and her husband yeah. Daryl or like you and Dale and yeah. like you guys really do genuinely seem happy like you're pulling it off right and some people are married out of circumstance and, of and other things and, and, or aren't really happy anymore yeah yeah so yeah. it's really a cool story yeah and, and, and I come to find out on our first date, yeah. which he did actually message me eventually, yeah. and on our first date, he told me that he seen me walk into the bar that night at the Three Mile, and he said to Danny, she's pretty, you know, kind of thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And that was the end of that, but he didn't think he was going to meet me, and he had no idea that I was single, you know, kind of thing like that. So I come to find that out later, and then I found out also that he asked me to go for a ride in his car because he wanted to see the expression on my face, whether it was genuine or not. Yeah. Whether it was genuine interest or right. whether it was just like, oh, well. That, was that going through your mind, Dale? You were thinking, I wonder what she really thinks of me. Yeah. Yeah. You always have to test someone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Little game. 
I wish my listeners could see your facial expressions. Because <laughs> half the time when I'm laughing with you, it's the look on your yeah, face. Yeah. But anyway. Because <laughs> I know, I know Dale is about to laugh. Yeah. Like that's the. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when yeah. he's happy. Yeah. yeah. But we've so, been inseparable ever since, so that was yeah. Yeah, and you guys do projects together. Like you each have your own houses, and you like build things together, oh, yeah. and it's really really neat to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, so that's how you guys met, how I met, and uh, so let's talk about for just a second. Like I don't know anything about you before Dale at all. So, what what was your childhood like? If you were just to summarize it a little bit, I mean, was it a, just a normal New Brunswick rainbows upbringing? and butterflies? Yeah. <laughs> Well, was there Every any... day the sun was shining. Well, no. What was it like? Like, did you go bike riding with your friends, and uh, were you in St. John? Like, I don't know anything. I actually lived out in KB. Oh, Kennebecasis yeah, Valley. Good old point. Yeah. Which is about twenty minutes from St. John, yeah, exactly, New Brunswick, yeah. Canada. Okay. So I grew up out there, and yes, I had lots of friends. I always had lots of friends. Uh, very social, almost too social. I absolutely, a hundred percent despised school. Oh, I didn't know that about to you. Like, wow, you and Dale it. have that in common. I hated it. Dale had no use for school. <laughs> the teachers would actually be pissed at me 90% of the time because I wouldn't shut up in class because I was so social. Really? Yeah. Because I just, I, I, you know, whatever. But I, I can't up, imagine anyone else being no, like, no, Dale no. is exactly what we need. Yeah. You're telling Dale's story I, I almost. Am, yeah. Wow. So, but growing up in my neighborhood, I had lots of uh, close friends around, and I used to play marbles with my friend Joanna Buckley, who lived down the road. I used to play marbles. Marbles yeah. is fun. Yeah, right? Na naked ladies, galaxies. Yeah, galaxies. And you get your mother's cookie tin, All and you'd of it. have yeah. have Tons marbles. Marbles. And, yeah. Marbles was fun. Marbles was fun. Hopscotch. Galaxy used marbles. Used to do a lot of hopscotch. Oh, I didn't do too much hopscotch. I Back had, in my uh, day, you'd be beat up for hot oh, scotch. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I had strawberry shortcake um, roller skate, and I had strawberry shortcake bicycle, because I apparently love strawberry shortcake. Yeah. My friend Heidi had everything blueberry muffin. Oh, so it was we, a perfect oh, yeah. combo. It like, was, you guys yeah. had everything together, yeah. We did, and then somebody stole my strawberry shortcake bicycle. That is and a I sad story. And I never found it for two years later. I don't even know how we found it. We used to run through the tunnels and stuff. Like around my neighborhood, we had a lot of subdivision. Uh, we had a lot of culverts. And some of them had really big like culverts that you could actually walk into and through. And anyway, in one of these culverts, we did find my bike. I don't even know how we came across it. Two years later, and it was, of course, all rusted and stuff. But I'd seen the big banana seat and the strawberry shortcake on the side. Oh, my I God. Cried, so somebody cried. just got it ditched it in a culvert yeah. and yeah. broke all your strawberry shortcake yeah. dreams. I, <laughs> oh, and geez. that's not my only strawberry shortcake dream. Like, truth be told, <laughs> I had a strawberry shortcake lunchbox. Because oh I was that obsessed, apparently. And uh, I remember setting it on the side of the curb and then the bus came and the bus ran over it with my <laughs> lunch and everything in it. I'm a bad person I because know. I'm laughing. But it broke my heart. I bawled my face off. Ran home. My mom's like, what are you doing home? And I'm like, I saw her jerking She's like, you should have got on the bus. Like, oh my cold. God. Cold, yeah. Like, maybe I could have brought where, you a lunch. You could be cold, though. Maybe that's where you oh, get I'm it. I'm heartless. Well, well, when you Literally. pull it, when, well, when you decide to make a decision or something, you know, yeah. if you have like a comedian that's been giving you a hard time oh, or yeah. like, you know, you can be you can be like a mama bear oh, kind of a thing, right? Maybe that's where you get it from, your I mom. Was that. your mom cold? Like, no, to the Abrupt. point, yeah. very much like me. We're both Sagittarius, so we both have a very similar personality. Okay, for yeah. For sure. Abrupt? Yes. 
Okay, in control. And you put your foot in your mouth a lot. You like to control things. I do. You like to, things to be in their Order. place. Yeah, it's definitely, okay, yeah. definitely very organized. Yeah, that now like. it's making less sense why you married my best friend. <laughs> I know, right? Because he's... <laughs> Dale is go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It'll land where it lands. There's but wisdom in it, though. There is. There's wisdom it'll in land it. Where it lands, oh, it'll get done, sweetheart. Because I, all the time. half of my relationship with Dale has been him telling me not to worry. Yeah, he does that to me too. Worry, 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 and it has done me no good. Probably has increased <laughs> my cholesterol and my heart. What do you call that? Their blood pressure. And but that's the yin and the yang, right? Like yeah, that's, that's why you guys work yeah. well. Opposites attract, as Paul Abdul said, right, Dale? Doesn't mean you don't want to punch each other in the throat. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I would just like that um, kind of relationship. Like with Lishi, it's like we spend a little too much time in that punch each other in the throat. Right phase. Phase. We need to get kind of the more doing stuff together right. phase yeah. no, I so guess. we found things like going to the beach with the dogs yeah it seems to be a more peaceful but it's therapeutic too ground yeah. you know it's like we both enjoy it so much that it's almost hard for us to be in a bad mood exactly. and that's so we're putting ourselves more in those situations do yeah. you find that when you guys are like oh 100 digging out your septic <laughs> no, no that wasn't a fun project yeah. was it no that we actually work well that way yeah because you know, it's just uh, I'll ask questions, which irritates Dale. Yeah. Because so now I'll just say, "Can I ask you something?" And it's just a question. I'm not dictating. I'm not telling you how to do it. You have to make I'm it very clear. I'm not making a suggestion. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just curious why you're doing this this way because I want the knowledge behind it. I don't necessarily want to change. Yeah. So I'm really trying not to put my foot in my mouth when it comes to that because then he'll he'll just take a deep sigh and I'll be like, "Oh great, he just deep sighed me." Uh oh. You know. <laughs> Yeah. As long as I don't wrap my hands around her neck, she's doing all right. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is a good step. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a good step in the right direction. Well, um, I think that uh, it's been an amazing experience taking Chuckles from nothing and making it as successful as it is. And I certainly couldn't have done that without the two of you. Thank you so much. So what do you think is... Um, like if if you came in you came into Chuckles right but you had been did you go to a Vegas show yes okay so you had been you guys have been coming to the shows for quite a while before we spoke about you taking yes. over right yeah. so and again I misremember things so I went to none of it to do chuckle or to do um, electrical work yeah. and I was gonna walk away from Chuckles right and take me back to that time. Like, what were you guys going through? And, and was there a conversation between you guys about the possibility of you taking it over? Or how did yeah, it I come to be? Yeah, I think Dale and I just kind of... I mean, this is three years ago. Of course. So Dale yeah. and I just talked about it and said, well, we'll help him. Like, why not? Now, don't get me wrong. We didn't know how much was involved at that time. Right. You know what I mean? And we had, you know, what, five or six or seven other people that said they were going to help also. Yeah. So we thought if everybody took on something, that we could keep it going. Because you already had uh, Patrick Coppolano booked at that time. Yeah. Uh, I forget who was after him. It might even have been Brett Martin. Yeah. had a few. Uh, Rob Pugh was booked. So you had a few people booked right. already to come in. So it was kind of like you don't want to cancel those people the last minute right. you know, whatever um, you didn't have some of the opening spots booked and stuff like that but right. you know for the most part I think you had Bryant Thompson booked for that Christmas or whatever so it was kind of like well let's you know try to help out and see if we can keep these shows going you were only planning on being in Nunavut for 
you know, here and there, on and off, and home every other whatever, you know, kind of thing, or however yeah. it worked. I can't remember if it was a month Six on weeks week on and two yeah. weeks off something or something like crazy that. like yeah. that. So, yeah. You know, so you could still help out because you were still doing internet stuff there. Because flying out to Nunavut, like, they didn't want to spend the money to fly you back and forth often. Right. So it was one of those situations where you were out at work for quite a while, but I thought, oh, there's no way I can keep this going. So you jumped into this, and, of course, Dale's always been there to help. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't, if we're short-staffed or something, he'll hop in. And he's always there to give us, uh, I call him the tiebreaker. Because, yeah. you know, when I said, I didn't know how else to approach it. When um, um, we I decided that Mark Splude wasn't going to be booking the, the local acts or whatever, I said, well, geez, like, Julie's offered to help. And, you know, when I was away, like, you had done a lot of work. And I was, like, thinking to myself, okay, well, let's just make it 50-50. Yeah. So we have... 50-50 uh, at Chuckles, but sometimes it comes down to a stalemate, and we really do rely on Dale to say, okay, to take an outsider's look at it and go, and I know he's married to you, but he's my best friend, so right. it kind of balances but he out. always looks at it in a different, from a yeah. different point of view. Yeah, he's always. like, well, and he's told me I'm wrong, he's told you you're wrong, he's, yep. you know, he said, well, you're both right, you yep. know, so it has, it really has been like a family affair, oh, Chuckles, you know. And now we've got uh, Wendy, our door girl, who's been there forever. And we've gone through different um, bouncers. We do have a bouncer, yep. usually, until people like to be even, quiet. Even when Mark did the booking of the openers and stuff, a lot of people didn't reach out to him. And I know that. Yeah. Because he has told me that himself. And, you know, he ended up with a small circle that he was always booking from. And then when he's kind of stopped doing it, it kind of just... I just started reaching out instead of waiting for people to reach out to me. I would be reaching out. Yeah. Because I that was we never had Andrew Vaughn. We never had Travis. I think you booked them a couple of times when something happened and they weren't. Yeah, I didn't know those guys and I didn't know to book them and no. it wasn't a thought in my head. A lot of the, like I have learned that our collaboration has been the success of Chuckles. Of like, um, I, would you agree, Dale, that Chuckles is the best it's ever been? As just overall with attendance and everything, like we had that string of sellouts in the winter time. Yes, we did. And the fact that we have agents messaging us now, yeah, to book their comedians—that's huge. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't happen. And like, I don't think Niall Sagan would have come if Deborah Di Giovanni hadn't have told him what a great time it was. And he said specifically to me, yeah. As soon as you message me, I message Deb and be like, "What? What's who this are place? These like, people? who are these people? Yeah, because so. I'm not going. If you know, because I even asked him that. I was like, "Did you just get a random message from me?" You're like, "Sure." He's like, "Oh no, there was no sure. I messaged Deb first. Exactly. He said actually I called Deb first. You know. Yeah. They're well, that, see, they're that close, right? So. And that's so great that we can get that level of talent. And Deb was like, you know? "Oh my gosh, they're great, right? They're great." You yeah. Know, so. And and our regulars help us bring these big crowds in, um, so. It is amazing what we're able to accomplish, yeah. and that and that's the foundation is getting yeah. more and more regulars, and knowing your regulars, and knowing them personally, and talking to them, and knowing their names, and yeah. you know, making them feel just as important, right? Exactly. Well, I hope that uh, we can keep bringing in more and more top acts, and I hope that um, we can bring people uh, out more often. I know it's hard to get people out in the summertime; it's so beautiful here right now. 
Um, you guys know, were even they, doing yard work today. I know, but beautiful, at the same gorgeous time, sunshine. Um, sunshine. That being and, said, I, yeah. I think people still need to support evening things. It's it's not like it's every Friday and Saturday night. Like, yeah, you know, we do this twice a month and only once in the summer. Although in the fall we are going to two times a month. We're ramping up. We're ramping up, and yeah. at Christmas time I think we have seven or eight shows booked. So you know, that's all good and fine, but we still need people to buy tickets. Yeah. At the end of the day, you still need people to buy tickets. You know, there's a lot of criticism um, from other comedy clubs that said, oh, well, we're a comedy club because we're open every week. But really, I would rather have two shows a month or four shows a month and have them full than have a show every week and have it half and full. And have the quality. Exactly, and have the, the quality. The quality there, right? Yeah. That's, that's what people are looking for. They want to say, wow, that was a great show. I don't think that can be beat. And then they come back the next time and, oh my gosh. I can't even believe how good. That was just as good as last time. Exactly. Right? Like, that's what you want. Exactly. But still different. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, you get Slude who's different. You get, you know, Andrew Vaughn, Travis Lindsay, all of them. They're all Matt Richardson. They're all Brian Giles. They're all different. Every one of them is different, but bring this whole new level. Plus, then we can still get great new people trying out, like Jason Guptill last month. Like he, he fangs was, out. And he fangs he fang out. Yeah, but see, I fang, don't know if that's his name. It but is. It's he fangs shoe or he fangs something. He fangs out. He, we're just going to call him he F. He F. He F. But yeah, and, him. Like, again, he's a guy who reached out to me. Yeah. He's been touring all over, but coming through. Yeah. And, and I did ask... I did ask John Ford how he was, and John was like, yeah, you know, he's actually decent. Yeah. And I was excited to sit, to meet him. Exactly. So. Yeah, I really, I think that collaborating is the key to this, to our success. And um, I think that the next chapter will be getting more regulars so that, because every show we do is different. Every yes. single show is unique. We have a strict policy. We don't bring anybody back. Uh, usually for a couple of years, sometimes a year. Yeah. But, um, but that's and, few and far between. And yeah. even when we do bring them back, it's a new cast. Like, it's a new opening act. Yeah. It's a new host. And usually the comedians by that time have new material. Right. Um, or they're beloved and have these big followings. Um, we try to choose people that have some uh, notoriety, whether yep. it's a Netflix special or a comedy award or whatever. But uh, we also choose people that are just plain darn funny exactly that are amazing and crowd pleasers and we have our uh, we certainly do have our crowd pleasers so for sure um that's i guess everything that i wanted to talk about today here at our uh table at swiss chalet we that's had a right. lovely meal we did dale had dessert i think everybody's happy i think dale we're, gets dessert off we're going we're going to have a show tonight comedy for the pause yes, very that's a cat karma rescue saint john uh fundraiser so I guess uh, we gonna load them up with kibble and uh, needles. What what do, what do <laughs> cats bills. need? I don't know. Vet Kitty bills. litter. They need everything. Oh yeah, that's they right. They need love. Anything cats need in St. John. Comedy is gonna be coming to the rescue here. Right. Dale, do you have anything to add to the podcast? No, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> he like, wants it to be the fuck over like, right he's now. Like I said, three words. I think. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you in a uh, in a in this format. And I hope that we'll be able to uh, come back to, to uh, all this and maybe do this again in a year's time sure. or something and uh, see where we're at with Chuckles then. Sounds great. Awesome. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>